0: In this week's episode, we'll look at the pros and cons of the summer skills challenge we ran over the last four weeks. Welcome to the Coaching Lab Podcast, where basketball coaches build more success in less time by increasing their ability to teach, lead, and coach the players on their team and in their program. Coaches, thank you for joining me for episode number seven of the Coaching Lab podcast. The past week or so, I've gotten a few emails from listeners saying how they've really enjoyed seeing the insights and seeing uh, the perspective that I bring to my program and to my players and just how I coach the game. And I've really appreciated those emails. So thank you if you're one of those coaches. If I haven't heard from you, there's really three ways that you could help me out. One is you can always send me an email matt at coachmattdennis.com. Send me what you like, some things that maybe you would like to hear about in the future. I want to do things that you want to to listen to, so your ideas will definitely help me. The other two things are give me a five-star rating and leave a positive review. Those help me out a ton on whatever platform that you're listening to. So coaches, let's dive into really the pros and cons or the positive and negatives, however you want to say it, about the Summer Skills Challenge. Now I know if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I've talked about the Summer Skills Challenge, and we finally wrapped it up. And that's what I want to do today is wrap it up on the podcast as well. Let you know what I learned. Now I positive and negative pros and cons. There's no real good way to say it. It was a huge success in in my mind, and in the way that the players responded. And overall, I, I loved it. And it's something that I will use some form of in the future. So that's the first thing I want to say. But there certainly were some areas that I learned about, you know, how to do it, what works best, maybe some things that I would cut out. So while they aren't necessarily negatives, they were learning experiences. And just like we ask our players to do is learn from what we've done, reflect on it, and then go back and make it better or change whatever it is that we were doing uh, to improve upon it. Well, that's what I'm going to do as well. So let me share with you the pros and cons of the Summer Skills Challenge. Now, if you haven't listened to those other episodes, I do walk you through exactly what we did and how I laid it out and kind of the reasons why I laid it out that way. I'm going to give you a brief recap, and then we're going to get into the pros and cons here. So the recap is... We couldn't get together with our players, and even to today, we can't get together like we would prefer in the gym and team camps and youth camps, that kind of stuff. Uh, so many of us are still, we're all social distancing. We're finding out ways that we can work with players in small groups or one-on-one, but we're not doing that team camp, team bonding type stuff. So its it was a way for us to get our program, ninth grade through 12th grade, all geared up, ready to go in the same direction, even though we couldn't meet. So what we did is I brought in a former player of mine when I coached in college, Nick Neal. He's a professional player over in Europe and he did a tremendous job kicking us off, sharing his story and getting the guys ready for the summer skills challenge. I also met with my leaders. They were my varsity returning players. And I asked them to lead a group. So we had seven returners. We created seven groups. Each group had roughly five or six people in it. And they led their groups each week through a different set of challenges. The challenges were a physical challenge. Then there was a skills challenge, a mental challenge. And I gave them a bonus challenge that they could do if they wanted to go above and beyond to earn more points. All the challenges they did, we asked them to do five days each week. If they missed a day, they could pick up Saturday. And then on Saturday, they went in and they reported their scores onto a Google sheet. It was all monitored by them, and it was really on the honor system. If they said they worked out and they put it in the Google sheet and gave themselves points, then we said, yep, we believe you, and went from there. So it was an all-honor all system thing. But it was a great opportunity for my varsity leaders to kind of step up and to make a name for themselves and really get guys at the ninth grade that maybe they haven't met or get some players who were on the JV last year who may be their teammates, get on the same page with them and compete. So it was cool to see that dynamic develop. We used WhatsApp to communicate with each other. And that's really one of the things that I learned about that I really liked is WhatsApp is a great way to put everybody in a group but also create smaller groups so that they could compete against each other. So we had what we called the big group and that's every player that wanted to be a part of it ninth through 12th grade. Then we created smaller groups and there were seven smaller groups that they could communicate with each other. They could encourage each other, post videos, post pictures, that kind of stuff and that worked really well. Some groups took off with it, other groups didn't quite as much, but overall, again, great experience. So I was glad that I got a chance to figure out WhatsApp, see how it worked, so that I can use that in the future. I think it's a great way that I'll be able to communicate with my freshmen, my JV, who knows, maybe even my middle school program. Uh, If they wanna sign up and they wanna become part of it, it's free, but then they can have some dialogue with me. One thing we also found out, which was great, was our players wanted us to post on Instagram, and we really hadn't had a presence there at all. So a lot of our challenges, if there was ever a video or we needed to post something, uh, we asked them to go to our Instagram page and to to post it there. So I had some dialogue with players uh, on Instagram that I normally wouldn't have. Facebook is where I had been posting things previously. And a lot of parents are using that, but this younger generation is not. They may have the account, but they're not really using it. Twitter doesn't allow itself to be used in that way, but Instagram definitely uh, was a little bit of a learning curve just because I hadn't used it. But as I got the hang of it, it became easier and I was able to communicate and to connect with players uh, on a little bit different level than I, I normally could, so WhatsApp and Instagram were definitely great tools for us to use. Now, in terms of actually running the program, some of the things that I liked were that players, some of them really stepped up, did a tremendous job. Some of our leaders really took the reins and just went with it. They they connected with their groups, they encouraged each other, uh, they followed up with people if you know a score wasn't reported. And I was really impressed with some of the kids and their ability just to take charge and to own the challenges. So that was a really positive thing. Another thing was we, we had over 30, and I don't remember the exact number because some kids added after we started, and, which was great. We just put them in a group, we got them connected through WhatsApp, and they were good to go. But I want to say that we were in the mid-30s overall for our program and being the first time that we ran it, I thought that was really positive, because if you think about the number of kids that you have, you know, we had seven returning players coming to our varsity, you've got, I believe it was 11 players who were on our JV last year, and then we had uh, 13 or 14 players that were on our freshman team last year, Uh, so there's not, there's all of those kids who potentially could be a part of it, and we all know that, As kids move up in levels, some of them decide that basketball is not really for them uh, or they want to pursue another sport or they have other interests, that kind of thing. So I didn't expect every single kid who played last year to be a part of this, but a majority of them were. And then we had our incoming players, our incoming freshmen this year, and we had a great number. I believe everybody who was on the eighth grade team last year was a part of it, and we had some kids who weren't on the team but plan on trying out, which we encourage them to come out. You never know who is going to, you know, hit that growth spurt, who's going to mature physically, uh, the kid who just moved into town, maybe they don't know anybody. I mean, there's a whole gamut of reasons why we want as many of those incoming freshmen to participate and to be involved as possible at this point. So we had a lot of those. So roughly thirty-five kids uh, were a part of it, getting better. Now, I'm not one of those coaches who says, if you're not doing this, you're missing out on your opportunity or you're missing your chance. Somebody's getting better. I think there's a place for that, and you can motivate certain kids with that type of dialogue. Uh, but that's not my style. My style is, uh, what can we get you to do consistently every day? If you can't do it every day, four days out of the week, three days out of the week is how can we improve you where you're at? And my hope is that those players will say, you know what, I did it three days, I can do it four days. I did it four days, I can do it five. So it's a challenge that I give them is if you did that, if that was the minimum that you could do, what's one thing you can add to that? Rather than saying, we're going all out, this is a max, you're doing everything or nothing kind of an attitude, we start out. And say, hey, we're going to build on this. So the the workouts got progressively harder each week. I asked them to do more with their skills and to push themselves. I asked them to do more physically uh, in our in our challenges, um, and I even the mental part. You know, we asked them to reflect on things, and that's something I don't think a lot of kids do. But it expands, you know, what they think, and it expands how they're doing things and they're looking at themselves. So. It's not a, if you don't do this, you won't be ready. As much as it's, hey, you did that. Can we go one degree further? Can we go one step more? Can we go just a little bit harder? And we build on it. That's been the way that I've coached in college and in high school. And it's been very successful for me. And really, I think kids enjoy that challenge more than they want to be beat down by, hey, you're not doing enough. So a little bit of a side note. Let's get back on track here. The other thing that I wanted to mention about the pros is the reflection questions we asked. And I mentioned that a second ago where we asked them to reflect on things in a different way maybe than they're used to. But those reflection questions opened up into what kids were thinking. And I was able to see and read those. Now, they didn't always post them for everybody to see. A lot of times they would post them directly to me or they'd post directly to their coach, if, uh, our freshman coach was pretty involved in some aspects of the, the challenges as well. So those freshmen, group of freshmen that are incoming, we said, hey, you give your stuff to Coach O, and then the other players, you'll send it on to me. When they did the reflection question, it opened up into what they were thinking, sometimes what they're struggling with, sometimes the way, what they think they're good at and what the challenges were that they're experiencing. I really would encourage anybody who's doing anything like that, ask reflection question, open-ended questions to get the kids to respond to you. Don't do the yes or no answers or the how many shots did you get in or what is something that you could improve on. In your game. What didn't you like about this week's physical challenge? Or just uh, different ways to get them to think about it. And, you know, I wish I had the list in front of me about the questions, but I did that with our players who are doing the challenges, but I also did that with our leaders. And I thought that that was a great way to get the leaders to reflect. I ask them say, what are the ways that motivate you to want to do something? When you say, I want to be a part of this, or I want to be like that person, what is it that they do, or what words were said that makes you want to be like them? And then I encourage them to, how do you do that in your groups? How do you lead your group in that way? Because a lot of times I think our kids think about leadership in a way, they want a motivational quote, where they get so inundated with these small little glimpses that they don't, really see what leadership is, and they don't see uh, exactly how to lead. So when we start asking them reflection questions about what makes them get motivated, what makes them want to work hard, what drives them to improve, now how can we reflect that and put that onto our group members and the the freshmen and the 10th graders and the players that might be our teammates this coming year? it was really interesting to see the leaders and how they responded as well. So those open-ended reflection questions and those challenging questions really helped me see into some kids in different ways that I don't think I would have been able to if we were just in team camp. Now, those are some of the the positives that came out of it. And there were many more uh, that came out as well, but those are kind of some of the highlights there. But I want to look at the, some of the negative or, or the cons. And both of those words don't really do it justice because I don't think anything truly was a negative. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was put into a poor situation. It's really what did I learn and how would I change it, maybe is a better way to put it. One of the things that I learned was four weeks and really five because we kicked off with uh, Nick Neal a week before the challenge started. And I gave them a couple of kind of small challenges that first week because we were getting people registered. And I wanted them to be doing something while I was getting people registered and figuring out what's and how we're going to keep score. And I was doing all of that stuff. The five, So we'll say five weeks, including that kind of warm-up week, was too long. I think that the kids, as things started to open up, you know, travel baseball started, the golf courses opened up, they could get to the parks a little bit more. So while we couldn't meet as a group and as a team and a program like we normally would, there were other things that were starting to happen. They had jobs, they had family obligations, they were going camping, you know, they're doing all these different things. The five weeks just became too much. I think about when things hopefully get back to normal and we can play in those summer camps and and have our youth camps and our team camps and everything, how would I do this then? And it really shortening it. It's something that I think could be done, a great way to kick off going into team camp. You know, give your players a challenge. And set. now that I know how to set everything up, it would be pretty fast and easy for me to do it. And be able to, whether it was a week or two weeks, I think it could be done pretty quick and easy, and the kids would like it. I'd be able to get some of those same positives that I'd already talked about. Uh, But I wouldn't do the four or the five-week thing again. I just think it was too long as people's lives got going. Uh, And you could tell that we started to have less dialogue. We started to have less. uh, Our leaders were in their groups a little less. Our groups were responding a little less. And a lot of that had to do with time and attention on other things. That's one thing. I would make it probably no more than two weeks. One to two weeks with two weeks being a max. The other is, I kind of designated my leaders. My varsity returners were going to be my leaders. And my hope was that each one would want to kind of take the reins and want to run with it in the same way. And what I found were some kids did a tremendous job and really did run with it. Others, more of a backseat. I'll do it when coach asks me to, but I'm not going to step out of my comfort zone and didn't have as much unless I prompted them to. And I didn't want this to be something where I'm making them do it. But at the same time, I knew that they were going to get the most out of their group if they encouraged, if they had dialogue, if they posted, that sort of thing. One way that I think it could be made a little bit better is I think we could ask who wants to be the leader. And really, I don't even know if leader is the right word. Uh, Influencer may be the best word. Who wants to be an influencer in their group? It's just like the kid in class. It can be a positive or a negative influencer. But once they have the class's attention, they can use their influence to move the class in a positive or a negative way. Well, I think if we found influencers within our teams it would mainly be in a positive way i'm sure i'm certain it could go to the negative side if somebody really let it but if you're stepping up and you're being asked to be an influencer you're asked to be kind of the leader then you're going to view that as a positive thing but those kids who gravitate to that leadership role and that influencer role I think would be the best. Now that could be your returning varsity players. I think that could be a JV player. I think it could be a freshman player. We mixed everybody up. So every group had a freshman, JV, varsity kit on it. You could also run it so that your varsity players, you had one influencer and they're influencing just the varsity players. Last year's JV team have one influencer, they're influencing their whole team that participates in it. Same thing with last year's freshman team. Find one influencer. So you could find an influencer for each grade level. That way you wouldn't have to worry about, say, a incoming freshman who wants to be a, an influencer with their group having a senior on their team uh, who may not take that leadership or may not take their encouragement in the same way. So there's a dynamic there to kind of continue to work out. But I, I think that it could be possible to do it where kids were influencing only kids in their grades. And then if you did have varsity influencers who really wanted to to step up, if you had three or four of them, then go ahead and make those influencers over groups mixed up with freshmen, JV, and then varsity players as well. Just kind of some thoughts as well as a way that I didn't see all the influencers, or I didn't see all the leaders, excuse me, Um, really jump in the way that I thought they would. They still did a good job, but some did much better than others just because I think that they were more comfortable in that zone. So I, I learned that and may switch that up a little bit. The last thing I want to share with you is the amount of time that it took. Now, I'm the type of person who likes things to be done in a kind of a professional, clean, crisp way. I like it to be organized and that takes time. And it's not that you Couldn't have done it. I could have sent out the workouts in a a quick text message. You know, typed them up and posted them into their groups. I could have done it in a Word document, kind of screenshot it and posted it. But I used Canva. Go in, create them, make them look good. I looked up, you know, a stat from. The history books on this is what Otsego Bulldogs basketball is known about. Uh, so I put stuff about our shooting percentage, stuff about our defensive scoring average, things like that, and I gave them a highlight every week. That, while I think it, you know, added and it's something that's interesting, it took time. Going in Canva and making it took time versus just typing it up in a Word document. Uh, I like that it the way it went, and I like the way that it looked, but at the same time there was a lot of time going into making those workouts thinking up what are they going to do for each challenge what should the bonus challenge be going in and communicating to our leaders i gave the leaders a leadership lesson every week there's a short video two to three minutes where i just shared a few thoughts with them asked them to respond to me so all of that making a video posting it it all took time so when you add all those little chunks up instead of you know this taking you know 15 to 20 minutes a week i'm approaching an hour to an hour and a half a week of just preparing the things and then on top of that you're trying to interact with the players at different levels you're trying to encourage the players uh, all of that stuff there was a lot of things that went in there that made it take a lot of time so i think it could be lessened a little bit partly because i know what i'm doing now a little better but i also could Take out a little bit and not, it doesn't have to be quite so perfect, it doesn't have to be quite so neat. And I think it would have worked all the same to the players. I don't th- know that they would have noticed or it would have made it less effective. Coaches, those are some of the pros and the cons that I wanted to share with you as we wrapped up. Our summer skills challenge we had one group that came out as winners Uh, we do have a prize that we're giving away to them uh, something small that just says hey we appreciate it Uh, I was able to connect with a lot of players and say you know all the hard work that you put in is going to pay off this season and just continue to encourage them having some dialogue was was definitely a good thing at the end to show everybody and tell everybody you know as a varsity coach it doesn't care if you're a freshman a jv or varsity player you're valued you mean something to our program and i appreciate everything that you did coach if you've enjoyed the coaching lab podcast i encourage you to go give us a five-star rating and even leave us a review i'd greatly appreciate it thanks for listening to today's episode coach If you'd like more great coaching content, I encourage you to check out the coaching lab at coachmattdennis.com. You'll find everything you need to have more success in less time.